What's up, guys? Welcome to the Cyclone Fanatic instant reaction from Iowa State's 86 to 69 loss to Texas today down in Austin. As always, our instant reaction brought to you by Carl Chevrolet, your dealer for life, Ankeny and Stewart at The Rock. Check them out. Uh, it's Carl Chevrolet, presenting sponsor of the Cyclone Fanatic instant reaction podcast slash Facebook live. All right. Well, I would say there's really one good word for what just happened down in Austin. And that was absolute disaster. Iowa State probably played. I mean, it felt like one of their worst games of the year, especially on the defensive end of the floor. Uh, Texas, a Texas team coming off of blowing a 19-point lead to Baylor earlier this week. Uh, and they come out and, you know, shoot 60% from the three-point line. Uh, Jace Febris, who is by far the best three-point shooter for the Longhorns, um, he shoots 8 of 10 from three-point range, 9 of 11 from the field for 26 points. I mean, the dude hit seven three-pointers Tuesday night. Wednesday night, whenever that was against Baylor, there's no excuse for as open as he was for huge points of the game. And, you know, there were times when Iowa State would was really struggling in their rotations. And and the dude was just he was he was wide open and, and you let him get some some confidence. You know, Courtney Ramey gets some confidence. He goes three for four from three point range, 18 points on the night. Texas as a team hits 15 three pointers and. You know, there was a point in the season when Texas was probably one of the worst three-point shooting teams in the country. And and it was, you know, that, that certainly was not the case tonight or this afternoon. I don't think it's been the case here the last several games. I think they've switched or flipped a little bit of a switch, but it, it was still kind of unbelievable to see the number of times that Febris, who, like I said, is clearly the best three-point shooter on the team, the number of times that he was able to get completely wide open. And, you know, you mentioned why did we keep doubling down uh, in the in the comments, Nick? And and I think that is a, a fair question, especially with, with Febris. But I think as much as anything, it was, it was in a lack of awareness a lot of times where it seemed like guys just didn't know where he was on the court. And when you have a guy that's as good a shooter as he is, the idea of not knowing where he is on the court is is problematic to me. I don't know where you're at mentally if that's the if that's the case, but uh, that was a, a serious struggle. And it's, it wasn't just the defensive end of the floor. I mean, like I mentioned, Texas shoots 55 percent from the field, 60 percent from three point range. They go 13 to 15 from the free throw line. Had only had seven offensive rebounds, but it seemed like even when Iowa State maybe was trying to act like they were going to make a little bit of a run. You know, you get a stop and then you give up an offensive rebound. So they were almost it was more that they were timely than they were anything else. And, you know, I think that the way Iowa State finished the first half of the game really sunk them. And, it, you know, I wrote earlier in the week, I talked about it on the, the radio show this week with Brent Bloom, and I've said it again and again. It sounds like an oversimplification. But when this team does not make shots, they really can go away quickly, you know, and like they – you see in the in the first half where they go six minutes, seven minutes, eight minutes, whatever it was. I don't even remember the exact amount of time. You go a long period of the game where you don't score or the only points that you do get are coming from the free throw line. It's not anything where you're actually creating offense. And you saw Texas go on 
I think it was a 15 to 2, 15 3 run. And from there on out, it really never got back to, to being a good game. And, you know, I think one thing that was really frustrating to me, and this is something that the commentators noted right after the uh, right after halftime, is that Mariel Shayok comes out. He goes two for three, I think, in the first five minutes of the game. It seemed like he was maybe going to have a performance similar to what he did Monday night against Oklahoma. In the end, he had a pretty good performance. He finished 8 for 14 from the field, 3 of 5 from 3, 22 points. So about what we normally expect from Mariel. But he only had, I think he had four field goal attempts within the first minute of the second half. And and you when you have a guy that, that is that good, a guy that is capable of getting buckets at that level, you can't have it where he only gets three shots in the first half, four shots in the first half, whatever it was. That that to me makes no sense. And when Steve Prohm was starting to run actions for him early on in the second half, you started to see him get going a little bit. Where were those actions in the first half when you're seeing too many times where Iowa State is just standing around offensively? I think there's the clip that Jack Whitford tweeted out where it was it literally was four people standing around watching Taylor Horton Tucker dribble. And Taylor Horton Tucker can really handle the basketball, but there's a lot of other things that I'd rather do than just stand there and watch him dribble. And for some reason, it seemed like in the first half, they really got into that, into a funk where that's all they were doing is just standing around and watching each other dribble. And I, you know, I don't remember the exact point when Nick Wilder Babb got hurt. I don't know how much that maybe, you know, made an impact on that first half. It bruised knee. He was able to play in the second half, obviously. But it just felt like the stagnation that we have seen at times from this Iowa State offense was at its absolute peak during that stretch. And and that's where I think you do have to go and you you say, all right, you know, I know that Coach Prohm sometimes he doesn't like to run set plays. He wants these guys. He thinks these guys are good at just playing basketball. But I think it was clear during that stretch that it that was not what they needed to be doing. And they need to run plays for guys like Shayok. They need to run plays for Lindell Wigginton, whatever it is, to figure out a way to get some open looks. And, you know, if you're not able to do that, then then you put yourself into, into a really dangerous situation. And, you know, you go, I guess, one for seven in the first half of the game from three-point range. That, you know, we I don't think we can get too – you know, I don't think we can get too worked up over that just because of the fact that uh, we haven't seen this team shoot the ball that well, that consistently for a lot of the season. But it's just it, it is those times, like I said, where when the ball is not going in the basket and the way that you are running your offense or lack thereof of organized offense, you have to do something to try and create some of those opportunities. They did it in the second half. They didn't do it in the first half. And in the first half is when they really dug their grave and were able to never able to get back out of that hole. And, you know, I, I said at the beginning, it felt like a disaster type performance. I think there was one positive that you can take away. Cam Lard doesn't make the trip down to Texas violation of team rules. You know, they were really hitting him hard on the TV broadcast. I get it. You know, talking about how big of a disappointment it is to your, to your teammates, you're letting people down. Like I said, I get it. But I think that you can take some, you know, some positive outlook out of that and the fact that George Condit played really well in his minutes. I, I can pull up his stats here. Uh, 11 points, five of seven from the field, four rebounds. 
in 16 minutes. And I, it, I think that it is a time now where if Cam is going to continue to put the team in positions like this, you have to do more. You have to consider more the idea of playing George. And, and it's almost just to to get Cam to wake up a little bit. And I, and, and I don't mean to put it that way. Like, I don't want to. I don't want to get be too hard about that because we don't know what's going on with Cam. And it sounds like it's just a one game deal. I think that if it was anything worse or if it was anything bad, he, you know, I, I, I hate to say it, but who knows how long Cam's leash is right now. I would think that the fact that it's just one game tells us it can't be that terrible, but, uh, I do think that George Condit in the time that he has played, he has done something now to earn some of those minutes away from Cameron Lard and Michael Jacobson. I think that he played really well uh, tonight here. Just looking at um, some more. Yeah. Very frustrating game. Yeah. I mean, I, I think that's what it all comes down to is it's that Monday night. It was, it was like, maybe they finally, some of these guys have woke up, you know, you hear Mario Shayok say all these things about how he's not going to have all these regrets leaving Iowa state. He's going to give his 100% every every minute of the game and all this different kind of stuff. He's going to really try and take advantage of this final stretch. We saw him do it in the second half. It didn't happen in the first half. And I don't, I don't know what you can do right now uh, to just get this team to where they can play a full 40 minutes. When's the last time that we saw them play a full 40 minutes? I don't even, I don't, I don't think I even would know when it is. Kansas state. I guess that that's probably the the closest that you're going to get to it. And even then right now, that feels like it was almost a blip on the radar when you consider some of the losses they had previous to that, some of the losses that they've had since then and the way that they've played in some of these games. So, I mean, you, you have all of a sudden gone from two weeks ago, whatever that was two yeah, two weeks ago where you're in Manhattan and you're in the thick of the big 12 title race now you're nine and seven in Big 12 play, 20 and nine on the year, completely out of the Big 12 title race, not even a consideration. And they almost just need to, I mean, they got to figure out something to get some sort of momentum going into Kansas City, going into the NCAA tournament, because right now it's hard to feel too positive about what what there is cooking right now for this team it just doesn't feel like there is much cooking for this team right now hopefully they can change my mind you know you go to Morgantown this week that's a game that Iowa State should win obviously West Virginia is not a good basketball team maybe you can figure out uh, a way to uh, you can figure out a way to win that game next Saturday against Texas Tech and then maybe all of a sudden we feel a lot more positive going into Kansas City but right now it uh, it, it doesn't feel uh like things are, are really going in the right direction right now. And, um, and I'm not really sure what it, what it's going to take to turn that around just because it, it feels like some of this stuff is, it is what it is. You know, some of these guys are, are who they're going to be. We're 28 games in the 29 games now into the year. Uh, but I, I, like I said, you know, kind of just to wrap things up defensively, it, it felt like there was not enough guys that were really committed to the scouting report that were really committed to, what they needed to do in the game, the, the way that Jace Fedris was able to get open and open over and over and over again, I think really uh, exhibits that. And then um, the way that you don't run offense in the first half or the, the way that you're trying to run your offense, way you don't run offense, however you want to put it. I think that they need to do something to change that. They need to to get a little bit more structured in things and try and create some shots for guys like Mariel Shayok where he can't, um, where you can't start to, to kind of shy away from things and, and end up with only three field goal attempts from the first half. So thanks for tuning in, everybody. Uh, hopefully we can have a more positive instant reaction 
after that game against West Virginia later this week. Of course, Chris is down in Austin. He'll have full coverage for you guys on CycloneFanatic.com. Thanks again to Carl Chevrolet for being the presenting sponsor of the Cyclone Fanatic Instant Reaction. We'll talk to you guys again soon. Everybody have a great rest of your weekend.